It's time to Get Real with Eddie, here to help you understand the changing real estate market and meet your real estate goals. Over 19 years in the business, 2018 Realtor of the Year of Three Rivers, past president of the Three Rivers Association of Realtors, past director at Illinois Realtors and team lead of the Rudiger Group at Baird & Warner, here's Eddie Rudiger. And welcome to Get Real with Eddie. Here in the studio I have with me is first Nancy Valley from the Rudiger Group at Baird and Warner. And we have the on-target team, Jenna and Jessica. So Jessica's new to the team. So Jenna, how are you doing? I'm fabulous. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank I you. want to talk to you about Morningstar in a second. Sure. But Jessica's brand new here, and you're new to On Target, correct? I am. So what are you doing with On Target? I am the growth coordinator. So I will be growing and working with um, a lot of different aspects of the business to grow it and also to pitch in with the community outreach program. So one of those things I know is you called me yesterday looking for updated information. I did, yes. Yes, trying to stay in contact with the agents and know what's going on with them. Um, so that is pretty cool. There's not a lot of inspectors out there that offers that kind of interaction and reach. So what's your background? What did you do before on Target? Before this, I spent the last decade and a half in logistics, transportation, um, and recruiting. So so this is like right in your alley. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. No, There's lots of similarities, lots of big differences. Not, not to mention you've got three kids to take care of I too. Do. So. Well, two, including her husband. No, I had, <laughs> I, I, I had it right. He did. He had it right. I, she knew where I was going with this. She's got three kids to take care of, two kids and the husband. So um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, um, all right. So with that being said, what is our community outreach this month, uh, quarter? So this quarter, uh, we're finishing up with Morningstar Mission, same as last year. And we will actually be there next Tuesday for their holiday food basket and gift distribution. That I've done that uh, distribution in the past. It mm -hmm. is an amazing experience. Yeah, last year, 350 families. I think they're anticipating close to 400 families this year. Yeah, wow. that's usually, so. they, they're usually feeding and gifts for anywhere from 300 to 400 families mm -hmm. a year. And it's, a, it's an amazing, I've done that for multiple years. I can't make it out um, next Tuesday. <coughs> but it will be, it, it's a really fun, fun experience, a fun, fun day. So, um, Let's talk some real estate. Why the economy won't tank the housing market. We kind of were talking about this towards the end of the show last week with Joe. Yes. With Joe uh, Medrano on, and we were talking about, you know, I think it was the three issues you should be looking at, and that was interest rates, prices of the house, and then the economy. The economy. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, it... Everybody's freaking out thinking that, oh, the, the economy is going to collapse, so therefore real estate's going down. Based on what? Well, and that's the thing. We were talking about recession last week because that seems to be buzzword, recession. Mm -hmm. And um, how there's just the probability is so low of anything happening like happened in 2008. What happened in 2008? is because it happened in the lending sector. It didn't happen in the real estate sector. It was in the lending portion, all right? 
And I, I recommend the movie The Big Short. If you've not watched it, watch it. It'll give you a really good understanding of what happened. It only covers 50% in my view of what happened. And the reason I say 50% is it's taking the Wall Street view and the Wall Street is the bad guy approach to the movie. What's not talked about in the movie is how elected officials pushed these subprime mortgages and pushed and made certain regulations and requirements to have those credit scores done that were under 600, under 580. So as much as Wall Street is to blame with what went wrong, so are some of our elected officials, and I think they, got, they skated by on that, honestly. I think there was a lot of blame to go around. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who got blamed the most, I think, was real estate agents, and they didn't have anything to do with it. They right. were just riding the market ride just like all the buyers and sellers were. Yes. So, and I think the lenders on the front lines got blamed when it wasn't the lenders on the front lines. That's who got blamed the most, is lenders got blamed the most, and it wasn't lenders. Lenders were just selling the product and offering the product that they had in front of them. And it, it, it just, it I don't know. It was a perfect storm. It was a perfect what storm. What it was. It had any of those factors happened by themselves, there would have been a problem, but it could have been corrected. It's the fact that everything just went like dominoes. Mm -hmm. So economic forecast survey from the Wall Street Journal reveals economists are tuning turning optimistic on the U.S. economy, uh, economists lowered the probability of a recession within the next year from 54% on average in July to a more optimistic 48%. That's the first time they've had the uh, probability below 50% since mid-last year. So some people may think we're not going to hit a uh, recession. Unemployment projections for the next three years, 3.9 in December, June at 4.29, December 4.41, 4.29 in June, December 4.17, 4.08 in June of 26, and December, so it's every six months basically, December of 26, um, 4.2, 0.02, sorry, 4.02. And I can't, where is that data coming from, that projection? Hold on, can you see that? Yeah, I'm looking to see. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, Wall Street Journal uh, economic there you go. forecast a survey still. Glad you could read that. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so we've talked about it, and we said this economy can handle unemployment at 5%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets up to 6 I'd start getting worried. Over five, I'm a little I'm a concerned, worried at anything over six. These numbers, if this is, is this where they're thinking, yes, some people are going to lose their jobs. Yes, there's going to be people looking for work. But there's more than enough jobs to soak up and a 4%, 5% unemployment rate is still not going to devastate the real estate market. Now, an interesting spin. Because me and Jenna were talking on the phone, I think it was last week, and we were talking about how Jenna's hit her one-year anniversary with On Target. Congratulations. Is it two years? Two years in okay. January. I thought it was one. We've known each other for about a year now, mm -hmm. I think. 
And you guys, while the market is down, we're going to probably do 4 million total transactions nationally. You guys have seen a 30% increase in business? Yes. So overall, and as you were talking about recession, I think a lot of people live in fear and they hear the word recession and then all of a sudden they go into panic mode. But from a small business perspective, we're trying to keep our mind in a positive space and we're still hiring. Like we hired Jessica to help us grow even more. We're hiring inspectors and I think a lot of small businesses have to continue to do that. And that's how we're going to survive. Well, and it comes down to market share, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. Like as the pie shrinks, we just need to make sure that we're grabbing a bigger piece of the pie from a business perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And you get that by providing service, providing quality, providing, you know, what the client needs. Both, And you have two clients you're serving, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. You guys have the realtor client. And then the client client. And you have the client client. Right. You know, and that is the aspect of what you're doing and what is key, you know. And you guys do a great job, in my opinion. I think the uh, inspections are extremely thorough. I'm not one of those, and I know Nancy's not, where, oh, we don't, you know, we don't want to blow the house. No, if there's something wrong with the house, we want to know. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, if there's something, if the house is a piece of junk, I don't want them buying it. Right. Exactly. Well, I just want to, whether it's a, it could be a piece of junk or a nice home, I want them to have a good, accurate picture of what they're walking into and what they're what they're purchasing. Jessica purchased a home from her landlord. That she did. Got, and she still got a home inspection. They did. Like, even though she had already currently lived in the home, was very familiar with the things that were wrong with the home to begin with. But Who is your landlord, if I can ask? What was? Was your landlord. <laughs> His name was Tim. Okay. Um, he was not a, he, he worked at Sicko. Um, so he was not yep. a landlord by trade. He did this to get his girls through school. Um, the and one to nine, mom to pop kind yeah, of landlord. Exactly. Mom to pop kind and of when it came yeah. to look for a house, we, we got a realtor. We probably looked at 40 houses in the area. We wanted to stay where we were with the kids in their school and stuff like that. And um, my landlord made an offer and said, you know what? You guys have been really great tenants and you've never been late the four years you've been renting here. We'll take one year's worth of rent and apply it towards your down payment. And that's how I bought my house. That is awesome. That's awesome. Good for your landlord. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the way it should be. You and be. far between. Very, very, and, very rare situation. And he probably still made a really good profit on the selling oh, of the absolutely. house. absolutely. And he probably rolled that in and bought another unit. Did a ten, Hopefully he did a 1031 exchange and bought I another so. unit. I mean, hopefully he was getting advised to do that. Um, flipping the script back to the unemployment numbers. Financial crate, uh, crash. Unemployment went to 8.3. The 75-year average, seems like a big average to use personally, <laughs> but that's what they have on this chart. Wow. 75-year average of unemployment is 5.7. Now, I remember in my 20s when President Clinton was in office. I remember vividly, they said, you cannot have unemployment under 5%. Can't be done. If unemployment is under 5%, the economy will crash. We'll have massive inflation, blah, blah. And then we went on to get unemployment under 5% for like... I don't a know. Decade? A decade? Mm -hmm. Better than a decade? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Well, I think there's a lot of numbers that old school, they weren't sure. There's new horizons. They're scared. 
Absolutely. Well, totally different you know, market too. Exactly. Like job market opening up with the advancement of technology and just like everything changed. Everything's different. That's the key, in my view. It's the key is the technology mm-hmm. is what's changed. You, it, it's not. It, the inflation comes when you have too much money chasing too few goods. But if you're producing more goods because of technology, you can have an increase in money supply. Mm-hmm. Have an increase in goods and a decrease in pricing, and you—that's that's capitalism. That's the benefit of the market. That's a market that's not being tampered with. That's a normalized market. That's what you want to see. Yes. So, um, I, I think at today we're at three point nine, and if, even if we went to four, we're still under that seventy-five year average. I'd love to know what the forty-year average on unemployment is because. I think I that's a little better. They do almost a hundred years. Like, Seventy. <laughs> well, you know what? Even forty year would be slightly skewed. I think maybe that's why they went so long because of a wait. Yeah, just factor in. Yeah, all of it. I don't think you could do twenty years. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You couldn't I mean, go twenty years. You're gonna. It'll be skewed. Right. Especially because you had 08 and you had the pandemic years in there. Mm-hmm. And things were really goofy. I can so, see why, though, too, because, you know, 75 years, you're encapsulating, like, World War One, And, you know, the economy was in a way different state then, too. Right. So you, they're encapsulating, like, all of the major economic downfalls that we've seen. Well, and that's why I like 40 years, because, like it or not, I mean, 40 years ago was 1980. Mm-hmm. I know my wife still thinks 1980 was 20 years ago. <laughs> and she lives in this rejection world that, no, 1980 was 20 years ago. No, it, it wasn't. 40. Jessica's giving me. You, you, um, you, um, you have to shit. actually talk. Shh, you have to do the shh sound, Jessica. It's shush. radio, not TV. I'm with your wife on that one. Uh, I'm an 80s baby, too. So. Mm-hmm. I had babies in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I was a baby in the 80s. Does that count? <laughs> yes. So. Um. I had some cool hair in the 80s. So <laughs> you still got cool hair. <laughs> oh, you do. You. Thank you. This is true. All right. So with that being said, home prices still are growing just at a normalized pace. Um, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks because I, there's people still out there thinking the market is going to crash on pricing. <laughs> have you guys... have you so, I've been looking at houses just willy-nilly. I'm looking at considering an investment property... Um, and when we bought our house in 2020 versus the prices of the houses that we're looking at now, we're not going to see that drop anytime soon, I don't think. I don't see anything, because we talked about it last week again with Joe, and it's just one of those things that just keeps coming up. That's why we keep talking about it. Joe talked about the perfect storms going on right now. All right. You have interest rates are starting to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, they might go back up, but overall, they are expected rates to come down in the next 6 to 18 months, maybe 24. Yeah, all the leading experts, and you Ever- know how that all goes, but we'll just use that. With that being said, you have the millennials who are past the prime age of buying. The largest chunk of millennials are now 35, 36. The prime age for buying is 33. They have put this off. So you have huge pent-up buyer demand. That's my generation. Yep, that's our And generation. I will speak from personal experience and a lot of my friends and stuff. Like, we're all in that boat, Eddie. We're, yeah. you know, 
Like, we, we did pass the prime age to buy, but still looking. But <laughs> you're still wanting to buy because, right. let's be honest, renting is 100% interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what they, millennials are tired of renting. They see the home a little bit differently than boomers do. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think millennials, and especially your Gen Zs, they see it more of a, well, you got two points of view. You First off, you have the one that wants to buy the 40-year house and never buy another house, which just not, doesn't happen, and they don't seem to understand that. We're getting back into my generation. Gen Xers had a little bit of this problem. They wanted to buy exactly what mom and dad had right then and there. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand. Mom and dad bought the starter house, then bought the move-up house, then bought the house that they're actually, they remember as their childhood house. Right. And then they're going to sell that house and move into retirement home. Yeah. So they did not see that process. Usually it's a downsize. Right. And then retirement. Yeah. Well, when I meant retirement home, I don't mean the actual retirement home. I meant like a house <laughs> the, the downsize. in. Yeah. The <laughs> like, yes. That's correct. Thank though. you. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. yeah. Nancy's sympathizing with that one way too much. Um... <laughs> So Not that's, the, right, you got the first one, but the, the second one is with your seeing, and I think this is a little bit more, at least with my clientele, Nancy, you tell me, they're looking at the house as more of a base of operation. This is where, okay, because one of the biggest things millennials still want to do and a Gen Z still want to do is they want to travel. Yeah. Experience. I was going to say, they're all about the experience, having an experience. And we're traveling or going and doing. I'm seeing more and more our generation and the generation before us rebuilding vans, ambulances, school buses, and traveling on the road. Traveling and on the road. Yeah. Living yeah. In these Just having, the having well, experiences yeah. or getting into. Living the van life. Yeah, yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah, that's about 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a lot more because it seems a lot more because of Instagram yeah, and social and TikToks and, okay, let's follow those people because sure. it's a cool experience. Um, but it's about 1%. It's not, it's about the same percentage through every generation with, that are doing that. Um, it's more of they view the home as the home base. I'm going to keep my stuff here and then I can go travel, do this, mm -hmm. do that, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and to have those experiences. I, I mean, think about it. Before we came on air, what were we talking about? Traveling. Traveling. We were talking about Disney trip. <laughs> right. I mean, Nancy doesn't want to go to Disney. Yeah, she's no fun. <laughs> um, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I didn't say that. I should take the group, <laughs> the gaggle of grandkids and go. Take the gra gaggle and go. I, I'm all in favor of going Disney at least and once every other year. Yeah, they all go. They all already go. Yeah. Well, the little littles haven't yet, but you know. All right, let's take a look at. Uh, da -da -da. I think I had Shorewood pulled. There we are. All right, so Shorewood, October over October. Um, numbers for November aren't out yet, but these are numbers as of number 14th. So we usually get them anywhere from the 14th to the 18th, somewhere in there. So median sales price, 405300 of 15.8% year over year. How does that, you know, and, and people are talking about. But wait. There's more. <laughs> the average sales price in Shorewood for October was 427,662 up 23.3%. 23 
98.8% of original asking price, 34, 34 days on market, 21 homes available at the end of October for sale. So if you wanted to buy a house in Shorewood, you had 21 options for a single family. That's it. The attached price, median sales price for condos, duplexes, townhomes, 253000 up 17.7%. Average sales price, 244333 up 10.4%. 102% of original asking price, up 6%. 13 days on market, four houses. So out of all of Shorewood, at the end of October, October 31st, there was only five properties you had, or 25 properties you got to pick from. Yes. In all of Shorewood, yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys, you guys don't see the sales contracts, do you? Um, no, I used to when I was doing TC work, but I saw mine. Okay, so you you're not see, you you have no idea where the prices on some of the houses are. Are you seeing bigger square footages for your inspections, or smaller right now, or still about it's the same? The same, you know. Um, for us, it doesn't really affect us in that sense as, as far as the transaction. Like we have pretty much an average price that's outside of what the commissions and the you know. Mm -hmm. percentage that everybody else on the transaction is going to make. So. Well, I'm not talking about the price of the actual home. I'm looking at, uh, is there the inventory itself, if you're seeing bigger houses coming oh. in, smaller houses, any same. kind of train. So you're seeing the same yeah. tra trend as where, where the housing has been. Yeah, as far as like the buyers that we're getting, it's, it's about the same. You know what we have seen an increase of in the last, I would say, quarter here? Um, commercial. Like we have seen an excessive amount of commercial inspections. What type of commercial inspections? Well, um, well I mean, are we talking re uh, like, like actual, you know, um, manufacturing? Like right. Yeah. Or warehouses. Uh, warehouses? But we've also seen a trend of multifamily homes or multi-unit homes. Like we we do a lot of three and four unit inspections lately. A lot. Owner occupied. It's a lot of them, yeah. So the house hacking trend is starting. Almost yeah. all of them are yeah. off market. Very, very few of them that we've done in the last few months have actually been listed. Yeah, so I it's smart. Well, I think it's smart. smart. I used to rent, they actually just split and did a two level. Mm -hmm. I, I had um, on mine, the neighbor asked to buy me out, and I'm like, he made a really low ball. And I'm like, yeah, how about I buy you out for that yeah. price? Right. But I've seen um, when I look up anything that's listed, the commercial or the multi uh, unit properties, I've seen that the pricing are actually like lower than what we're saying on the you know, single family homes. Well, a lot of that has to do with the interest rate right now. Because yeah. the interest rate, remember, you, when you're seeing seven, seven and a half on a 30 year fixed, that's for owner occupied res residential. Mm -hmm. and when you figure in, you can add a point, maybe even two points to a non owner occupant. So now you're paying 9%, 10% on an investment prop. Listing price. Yeah. So that's why you're seeing um, some of those units not selling for as much. You're seeing some investors um, getting out of the market. And the reason they're getting out of the market is when you get into the larger complexes, those are not 30-year fixed mortgages. They're five-year balloons. So they may have had it at a three and a half rate, and now they're coming up to the end of their five year and they got to refinance. Uh, so a lot of commercial stuff, depending on what it is, especially in warehouses and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, uh, anything in office space, because that's the part of the commercial market that's getting crushed. A lot of any office space or no? Well, we've done quite a few. Okay. Quite a few. Makes sense. It does make sense because sense. the office market that I've seen that's getting crushed is usually the office market in the major cities. 
and you're seeing a trend, I think, of offices opening up more office locations, but smaller footprints yes. closer mm-hmm. to their employees. Mm-hmm. Right. We've done several commercial commercial inspections that are office spaces, but they're actually smaller than some of the condos that we do. So. All right. We got to hit a hard break. So when we get back from the break, is owning a home still the American dream for young buyers? Well, we got two millennials here, so we'll see what they think. <laughs> Keep it here with Get Real with Eddie. Consider joining the Rudiger Group at Baird & Warner as a realtor. We offer a supportive and collaborative environment for our members and are currently expanding our team. Our focus is on training and education to ensure that our members are equipped with the knowledge and skills necessary to serve their clients successfully. At the Rudiger Group, we are committed to helping our members develop both professionally and personally. Our ultimate goal is to support our members in achieving their goals and making a positive impact in the real estate industry and in the lives of their clients. Our founder, Eddie, believes in teaching members how to serve their clients, family, and community rather than just generating a commission for the brokerage. He emphasizes the importance of being capable of going out on your own and receiving an amazing return on your value. To learn more about becoming a part of our team, please contact Eddie at the Rudiger Group at Baird and Warner. Call Eddie at 815-823-5478. Again, 815-823-5478. It's Eddie Rudiger from the Rudiger Group at Baird and Warner and Get Real with Eddie. I want to bring you to your attention the Herbert Trackman Planetarium at Joliet Junior College. My son loves this. They offer free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. It's perfect for stargazers. The show provides excellent astronomical instruction and entertainment for no charge. That's right, it is free on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. The planetarium features a 30 foot diameter dome, a new Omnistar Digital Planetarium Projector. During the shows, you can enjoy sky tours using the projector and PowerPoint presentations covering a wide range of astronomical topics. For more information, please visit jjc.edu slash planetarium. And for you educators out there, they are open for field trip bookings. So go to jjc.edu slash planetarium. Eddie Rudiger, a licensed and experienced realtor with 22 years of success in the industry, is the team lead of the Rudiger Group, associated with Baird and Warner. Eddie has assisted innumerable residents of the area in making informed decisions regarding real estate matters. What sets Eddie and his team apart is their personalized approach that prioritizes your needs. They empower you with the right tools, information, and guidance to make the best decisions for you and your family. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in a property, Property, Eddie provides you with the insights and resources to make a sound decision. At the Rudiger Group, you are always in charge and your needs are paramount. Eddie's team believes in educating their clients and helping them navigate the complex real estate landscape with ease. So if you're in need of a reliable, experienced and trustworthy real estate partner, look no further than Eddie Rudiger and the Rudiger Group at Barrett and Warner. Find out more by calling Eddie at 815-823-5478. That's 815 815- Eight two three list or visit yourdwellings.com. On Target Home Inspection loves to advocate for our clients and the community. As part of our quarterly community outreach program, we're giving back to Morningstar Mission Ministries. A small change can make a big difference in someone's life. Help us in efforts from now until December 23rd. We're raising funds and donating time and materials for Morningstar Mission and Joliet this holiday season. 
We are now asking for monetary donations to help this amazing shelter. We are also currently accepting toiletries, medical supplies such as aspirin, bandages, hydrogen peroxide, canned and boxed food, coats, blankets, clothes, infants to adults, and shoes, infants to adults. All clothing items must be new or slightly used. On behalf of the team at On Target Home Inspection, thanks in advance for your contribution to this cause that means so much to us and helps our friends at Morningstar Mission. To learn more about On Target Home Inspection, visit us online at ontargethomeinspection.com. That's ontargethomeinspection.com. Or call 708-274-7279. Performing home inspections in the greater Chicagoland area since 2010. You made a smart move to get real with Eddie, helping you make your next smart move into your next home. Welcome back to Get Real with Eddie. All right. If you got questions on on Target, give them a call. What's the best number to reach you at? 708-274-7279. And you guys do commercial inspections. You do residential inspections. What are some of the other, like, add-on things that you guys do? So we do it all except for chimney scans. We're actually going to be adding that, though, starting in 2024. Wow. So we do mold testing. We do sewer scopes, radon. We also do the WDO, which is a fancy way to say termite. Okay. And the chimney scan is coming next year. Chimney scan is coming next nice. year. So that is a cool, cool feature. Very cool. So now with the chimney scan, is that going to tell me whether I need to get the chimney cleaned or not? Yeah, it'll tell you if there's any damage. It works the same way as a sewer scope does, except for going underground. We're going up into the chimney. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, cool. Yeah, great. It's hard to find someone that'll do a chimney sweep. Yes. And yeah, we have plenty of recommendations for those on our website, too, at the contractor list. Just saying. That that's awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and that you know what? Let's hit that really quick because you guys are coming out with a new app. We yes. are. Yeah, it's in beta now. Okay. So it's usable, but um, essentially what that's going to look like is you can go in, you can type in your name and email, and then just the zip code, whatever house that you know you're looking at, even if it's a house that you're looking to buy and you're looking for some recommendations on contractors. Type in the zip code, select the type of contractor that you're looking for, and it'll auto-populate contractors for that specific um, area. And how many contractors do you have on there right now? Oh, our goal is to have at least five contractors for each category. Yeah. Currently, we have about 85. Mm-hmm. And how many categories do you guys have? Oh, I would say 15. Yeah, anything That's you can think nice. of. Painting, stuff like that. Everything. That's right. nice. All right, back to owning... Uh, is owning the p- part of the American dream for young buyers. Um, Bankrate uh, surveyed a group um, wondering if home ownership remains the number one f- feature of American of the American dream. The survey is in, and it came back at seventy four percent owning a home, being able to retire sixty two percent. Successful career, 61%. 33% was a college degree. I can say that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know it's only like 23% of the American public has a college degree? You know, um, it doesn't surprise me. And when I first got into real estate, uh, I remember sitting in my first interview and it was at a real estate brokerage. And I was very embarrassed when I handed my resume and I did not have a college education. And the owner of that brokerage looked at me and he said, you know what, if I can go back and do it again, I probably wouldn't have done it because I just have a ton of debt and I don't even use my degree. I'm going to say, <laughs> I have a degree I right. made me feel a little don't better. really use, but not I professionally that, anyway. A trend. People are, in our generation are Absolutely. caring less and less about that. Uh, it's You're starting to see um, 
empl uh, employers get away from requiring college degrees. Mm -hmm. 100%. And my teenagers have no intentions of going to yeah. college. My son wants to get into welding, go union. Trade school, yeah. And mm -hmm. trades are great. Trades, trades are great. Trades are great. We really need trades. Right now. Yeah. My daughter's getting into trades too. Good for really? her. Wow, good for her. They, uh, I mean, I there was a TikTok or Instagram reel, one of them, talking to two gentlemen that were in the electrical union, and I think they were out, I don't know if it was California, East Coast or West Coast, I'm not sure, but they're talking about, look, I'm going to, getting paid to learn my trade, and then when I get done with my trade in five years, I will have no college debt, and I'll be making $110,000 a year, basically, mm -hmm. and it's like... When you say it like that, it sounds awfully appealing. It's a lot better than yeah. going to the college yeah. and, and paying for a degree that if for some reason the college goes belly up, then the degree's no longer certified. That's exactly what happened to me. I went to nursing school. I went to a nursing school that turned out to not be one of those accredited schools um, and was stuck with $47,000 in student loans and a degree that I couldn't use. Fortunately, it took almost 10 years. But fortunately, I was able to somehow get it resolved because of everything that went on with the university itself. But yeah, that I would that say that to me. that yeah, that would be a huge, huge aspect. All right, so with you guys, Jessica just bought her house. I mean, home ownership is still a big part of what you guys being the you know the younger. I'm the Gen Xer. I'm the boomer. And you're the boomer. <laughs> you're not a boomer. I am I'm a boomer. Oh yeah. Dang! Wow. Hey, thanks. Good looking, boomer hey, thanks, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You never know. Day. You would think it's the other way around, honestly. I mean, honestly, maybe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm <a millennial laughs> but I think we're considered elder millennials. Yes. Well, I'm a baby of the baby <laughs> You're the baby boomer. And I'm a baby boomer. I'm the older boomer. of the millennials. Yeah. yeah, and I'm the younger of the Gen Xers. Yeah. yeah. So, like, my, my, my wife is 100% Gen Xer. I think um, those that were born between 77, might be 76, to 82 to 85, somewhere in there. I think they call them um, Xennials or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a subcategory, yeah. and it's that l layover because, like, I'm technically Gen X, but it ran because I didn't have the internet. I didn't have all yeah. of that stuff. I think it goes to like 87 or 88. Yeah. I know what you're talking about because that's our generation yeah. too. Yeah. Because we were raised with drinking out of the water hose and staying outside all day until the streetlights came on. Yep. But then also like starting in high school. Dial for us, internet. Yeah. We yeah. had, you know. Yeah, you had phones. You cell had phones came out when we were in high school. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I remember, the, you know. I had um, a pager in elementary school. I mean, I had. See, I had a pager in high school. <laughs> I got yelled at. Yelled at by my mother because I worked for Sears. And I got this great deal because I get the employee discount. Sure. <laughs> All right, because I worked in the electronics department. And so my pager was costing me like 10 bucks a month. Got yelled at by my mother and my grandfather because I bought it on my own because Why? Because back then you didn't need parents to go do, do those things. We could just turn around and mm -hmm. buy it ourselves. Right. And oh yeah, it's a contract, but it doesn't matter. You're not 18. Who we'll, cares? We'll, who cares? <laughs> and sure enough, they yelled at me. By the end of the month, guess who was paging me the most? Your mom. Mm -hmm. My mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, and it is. Um, I think we do fall into that weird category of generational mayhem. 
<laughs> we, we saw the best of both worlds. And mm -hmm. it was technically the Gen Z and the millennials that was like really the accreditation for this rise in technology that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, we forged social media and all of the wonderful technology that we all use now. So when yeah, you look. MySpace and all mm -hmm. that back. Oh, I miss Tom. <laughs> <laughs> So when you look at the survey, they asked, do you want to buy a home at some point in the future? 95.5% said yes. Mm -hmm. Only 4.5% said no. That is higher than any other generational question I've ever seen. Sure. Usually it's around 80, I think around 80%. Really? Yeah. Huh. That is huge. That is huge on wanting to own. Ownership is usually about 80 to 83% from, my, my, from the things There's I've seen. Money away That's yeah. exactly what it is. Exactly. And not being able to do what you want with your home right. and all the stuff that goes mm -hmm. along with renting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what is the primary reason you want to own a home? So emotional lifestyle reasons, pride of ownership, place for me and my family to call home, 59.6%, uh, 59.16% was actually the reason. Financial reasons Rat, uh, buying a home is a way to build the investment and wealth, which would be not paying rent, right. was only 39. Which is really kind of an interesting statistic. If you think about it, we're not even looking at it from the money perspective. We're looking at it from, and I think it comes down to is we were raised, you know, with our, our childhood homes and mm -hmm. our parents all owned homes and I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you go with what you know. Right. You do, yeah. Right. So that's what you grew up in. That's what you're comfortable with. Of course, that's going to feel like it's home 100%. to you. It's a hundred percent. I wanted American to break. Dream. It's it is the American dream. Yeah. My parents, when we were growing up, we moved around a lot. My dad had a job that required us to move around, and mm -hmm. um, so I never had any sense of like permanency anywhere. So buying a home for me, absolutely fed into that stability and that a place for my family to call home is my home my dream home mm -hmm. no absolutely not but it's somewhere that we don't have to worry about it going anywhere unless we want it to and it's a place that we can actually call home mm -hmm. i have a question about that really sure quick for the realtors here <laughs> she said about you know in her general like as a kid and that would say like the 80s and 90s and stuff like you guys bounced around a lot mm -hmm. like the difference in the real estate market like i feel like in the 80s and 90s you did have a lot of people buying and selling like crazy right because you had so many people that did move a lot mm -hmm. a lot more than i see now so i don't know what the 80s and 90s because i'm the one that's licensed the longest here um i started in 01. so when i got yeah. into the industry the average person was in the house seven years okay with the dot-com bubble bursting and then there was a massive rush of money into the real estate market which again goes to that perfect storm that we talked about that caused the market crash. You had some money flowing in from the dot coms. A lot of people started getting into investing in mm -hmm. real estate and that aspect of it. So by 05, that average seven year life uh, in a home went down to five years. Wow. Got down to five years. Then by 08, because of the market crash, um, by oh, like oh eight oh nine, the average person stays in that home ten years, so it and it stayed. It has stayed at ten years yeah. since then. It, it, I think it trickled down in twenty one to nine years. Believe it or not, the average is still about ten years. Mm -hmm. So people are not moving. 
and they're not upsizing, downsizing, changing houses as much as they used to. Do you think it's because they're afraid of the recession word? I think there. I think there's a lot of factors that go yeah. into play with that. Yeah, I think there's a. I think as far as the boomer, sorry, folks, um, but I'm one, so I can say it. Um, boomers stay tend to stay in their houses. Mm -hmm. They're healthier. They have finally, you know, gotten to a spot where they're retiring or semi-retired and they like to entertain and they like to do things with people. They want the bigger home and the luxuries. They find what they want, they stay there. I want to they're expand on as, that. They're not as likely to downsize as early. I want, to I want to expand on that a little bit more and talk about that a little bit more after the break. So keep it here with Get Real with Eddie. Mm -hmm. Consider joining the Rudiger Group at Baird & Warner as a realtor. We offer a supportive and collaborative environment for our members and are currently expanding our team. Our focus is on training and education to ensure that our members are equipped with the knowledge and skills necessary to serve their clients successfully. At the Rudiger Group, we are committed to helping our members develop both professionally and personally. Our ultimate goal is to support our members in achieving their goals and making a positive impact in the real estate industry and in the lives of their clients. Our founder, Eddie, believes in teaching members how to serve their clients, family, and community rather than just generating a commission for the brokerage. He emphasizes the importance of being capable of going out on your own and receiving an amazing return on your value. To learn more about becoming a part of our team, please contact Eddie at the Rudiger Group at Baird & Warner. Call Eddie at 815-823-5478. Again, 815-823-5478. It's Eddie Rudiger from the Rudiger Group at Baird & Warner and Get Real with Eddie. I want to bring you to your attention the Herbert Trackman Planetarium at Julia Junior College. My son loves this. They offer free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. It's perfect for stargazers. The show provides excellent astronomical instruction and entertainment for no charge. That's right. It is free on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. The planetarium features a 30-foot diameter dome, a new Omnistar Digital Planetarium Projector. During the shows, you can enjoy sky tours using the projector and PowerPoint presentations covering a wide range of astronomical topics. For more information, please visit jjc.edu slash planetarium. And for you educators out there, they are open for field trip bookings. So go to jjc.edu slash planetarium. Eddie Rudiger, a licensed and experienced realtor with 22 years of success in the industry, is the team lead of the Rudiger Group, associated with Baird & Warner. Eddie has assisted innumerable residents of the area in making informed decisions regarding real estate matters. What sets Eddie and his team apart is their personalized approach that prioritizes your needs. They empower you with the right tools, information, and guidance to make the best decisions for you and your family. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in a property, Property, Eddie provides you with the insights and resources to make a sound decision. At the Rudiger Group, you are always in charge and your needs are paramount. Eddie's team believes in educating their clients and helping them navigate the complex real estate landscape with ease. So if you're in need of a reliable, experienced and trustworthy real estate partner, look no further than Eddie Rudiger and the Rudiger Group at Barrett and Warner. Find out more by calling Eddie at 815-823-5478. That's 815- 823 list or visit yourdwellings.com. 
On-Target Home Inspection loves to advocate for our clients and the community. As part of our quarterly community outreach program, we're giving back to Morningstar Mission Ministries. A small change can make a big difference in someone's life. Help us in efforts from now until December 23rd. We're raising funds and donating time and materials for Morningstar Mission and Joliet this holiday season. We are now asking for monetary donations to help this amazing shelter. We're also currently accepting toiletries, medical supplies such as aspirin, bandages, hydrogen peroxide, canned and boxed food, Coats, blankets, clothes, infants to adults, and shoes, infants to adults. All clothing items must be new or slightly used. On behalf of the team at On Target Home Inspection, thanks in advance for your contribution to this cause that means so much to us and helps our friends at Morningstar Mission. To learn more about On Target Home Inspection, visit us online at ontargethomeinspection.com. That's ontargethomeinspection.com. Or call 708-274-7279. Performing home inspections in the greater Chicagoland area since 2010. Doing everything for you, except the moving, and be glad. It's Get Real with Eddie. All right, welcome back to Get Real with Eddie. So we are talking about the fact of people staying in their houses longer, and Nancy was talking about the boomers. And I think you hit a key moment, is first off, the health issue. Yes. All right, the health issue of them staying in the house. They are in much better shape health-wise than the generation before them, the silent generation, mm-hmm. all right? Medical aspects, I think with what we're gonna see coming out in medical technology in the next 20 years, there is a good chance that the average lifespan is going to start increasing dramatically. Well, also as far as health goes, there are a lot more products out there now because the boomers came of age And so now there are products that have been developed and technology that's out there that makes it affordable for boomers to age in place and to have products and things that are built for that home for them to be able to enjoy the home longer. With that being said, the other aspect of that generation holding on to their home for so long, they still enjoy having the holidays. Mm-hmm. Right. They still want Thanksgiving, Christmas. You're at the prime age for it. Yeah. Right. Age. My, and my kids, kids, they want to be at grandma's. Yeah. They want to be at my house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Where you don't go in, you go to mom's house because that's what that's you do. That's what you do. Yeah, exactly. That's something I come from a huge family, big Italian family. My grandma and grandpa had 12 siblings, or my grandpa had 12 siblings, and every Sunday for Gosh, years, <laughs> years and years, we would gather big dinner at Nana's house every Sunday. The whole I, family. I like how Jenna said years. It's like uh, she's oh. crashed a couple of those dinners. I, I figured as much. Yeah. I figured that. I just by the way she said it. So, but I mean that's the thing. They are not willing to downsize yet. No. So you're not seeing that flow, that natural flow of inventory coming into the market. The other aspect you have is some of the product that the millennials are looking at goes back to what I said earlier in the show, and that was they see it more as a home base. Some of them do, not all of them. Some of them we know want that big house like mom and dad have, all right? But some of them are looking for, and would take in a heartbeat, that standard three-bedroom brick bungalow ranch. Mm That's my house. <laughs> well, it's, yep. it's in correlation with the statistic that you just had up about the like the emotional. Almost sixty percent of millennials would buy yes. for like the emotional stability of it. Yeah, like that's what we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And I think that makes a huge 
aspect of what's going on with this market. And those are the things you need to watch. I think builders need to be paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. Because you have two of the largest generations. All right, This was starting to happen before COVID. They are fighting over the same inventory. What the boomers are looking to downsize to is what the millennials wanted to buy. And COVID hit. <laughs> and then when COVID hit, okay, now I want a bigger yard. Now I want a bigger house. Well, we're getting out of COVID now. And some still want that bigger yard. Some still want that bigger house. But there are some that are starting to go back to that will take a smaller yard. Because you know what? I can take my kids to the park. Mm -hmm. Some will take you know, that smaller yard because I can walk my dog. You know, so those aspects are playing into the market heavily. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'd agree. And where we're going to end up, give it a couple more years when we're really out of the pandemic, like fully in the rearview mirror and see where things go. Well, and you look at why people are thankful for their house. All right, what what it's they're looking at. So Fannie Mae did some research and looked at, and one of the top things is it's a, the safe place. It's the security of a home. All right, that is something that's really really big. This another reason is it gives that freedom of expression. Guess what? You want to paint the room purple? You can paint the room purple. It is your room. You don't need the landlord's permission to paint it purple. Yeah, I did it for Jessica's hair. Are you really into purple? No blue, actually. Really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I walked into that I one. I had my hair midnight blue, tipped midnight blue for a while. I, I think you would look fabulous in purple hair. I had my hair. I had my I hair. About it. I had my hair platinum blonde, your color. Did you really? Did wow. you really? I gotta uh -huh. see a picture of that. I'm sitting on my ni uh, sister's nightstand. You'll have to show oh, you know what? I have buddy. seen that picture. Yeah, my, with, it's a picture of me, my two sisters, and my great grandmother uh, just before she passed. My great grandmother. Yeah, you and were young. I was, well, it was right before real estate. I was actually in real estate class to get my license. And I went into the um, hairdresser, and I'm like, all right. I want to dye it blonde. What? <laughs> I'm going to be taking my real estate license. I'm never going to be able to do it ever again because, you know, in 01, we had to be professional. Now everybody's dyeing their hair multiple colors, mm -hmm. and you, know, you would have never thought that back then. That's like a whole other topic. How you. employers, like, yeah. yes. You know, us, me being a hiring manager, we just don't, like, yeah. companies don't care as much about hair. that. I've cov I'm covered in tattoos, but I sat down with Joe and Jenna and my experience and my who you are who I am spoke for itself. exactly and I think employers aren't really looking so much at like those physical attributes as they used to back when I agree mm -hmm. but that's why I did it I that's why like last time now I could probably dye it I think my wife would be a little upset if I dyed it gold blonde though okay. I'm gonna do like the crazy, it grows like, 1998 spikes though too yeah. with it you know I, yeah we could tip it frosting yeah. well that was yeah. frosting was the word they used the, yeah, the first haircut after I did it, the first haircut after I did it, it did look amazing because it, it, it was like all frosted tips. Like oh, I it was awesome. after I had about an inch of growth. They should bring that back. Uh, so I should, yeah, there, I should bring that back. There we go. There you go. Um, sense of community is another reason. It, the home ownership, owning a house, makes you feel like you're more part of that community in what you, where you buy and where you're living. It really okay. does. Huge. Well, and I think that all speaks to the emotionality of mm -hmm. owning a home. 
Well, and it gets what we were talking about. It gets into also we've talked about how kids do better in grade school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know kids do better in school when they are in a home that there is owned than versus a home that is rented. Statistically speaking. Well, I rent, but I've been in my house for seven years. It's going on eight years, and I've I've chose to stick it out renting just because my kids were at that age where they are getting into school, and I know that they have that's their community. It's their yeah. Their whole life is in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I even ran over and dropped stuff off at your house, and I got to mm-hmm. drop those bags off. I haven't <laughs> forgotten. Um, and it's like your kids were like out running around. And there's tons of kids running around. around and, and, and some kid comes up walking up to me, and I don't know if it was yours or not. Probably not. Or maybe. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, I, and I'm like looking at him, I'm like, you're wondering who I am, aren't you, nosy? And she's like, yeah, and she just did not expect that to come out of my mouth. So that's it, why we bought the home that we bought. For it. Yeah, she bought for it because I didn't want my kids to go through what I went through, bouncing around, growing up, and not mm-hmm. having any sense of consistency or permanency. And there was always that uncertainty, and it causes anxiety and just like general worry. So I was that kid. That, yeah, Were buying you? that house gave them that safe so, space. They know it's not going to get ripped away from them. I went to one school to middle of fifth grade, uh-huh. transferred out to another school, middle of fifth grade to middle of seventh. All right, and then a middle of seventh, I transferred over to Plainfield, so middle of seventh through high school. So I went to three different grade schools. Wow. And um, I feel like I know a lot of people, but I don't have a lot of close friends. That's where I'm at too, and yeah, that's something I want to prevent. Yeah, with you, my kids, you, I, I, I have a, uh, I just don't. I have a few close friends, but not a ton of close friends. Yeah, we moved to Lockport in 2014. They made quick friends, and when it came time to move out of the house we were renting, we looked at a zillion houses. They were so upset about the thought of having to maybe change schools, especially after establishing all these relationships and that's why we bought the house that we did it's not our ideal house but that sense of community especially in smaller towns like that where everybody kind of looks out for each other Mm -hmm. um way better all around awesome all right well that wraps it up with get real with eddie that went fast today so um don't forget check out online getrealwitheddy.com there 365 days a year 24 hours a day talking about your largest investment your Thanks for listening to Get Real with Eddie. Eddie Rudiger is a realtor at Baird & Warner in Plainfield, license number 475-141-896. Managing broker, Steve Engel. For more information on your neighborhood, call Eddie at 815-823-5478 or visit yourdwellings.com.